In our first 24 episodes, I think we established more than reasonable doubt that Lee Harvey Oswald was the assassin of President Kennedy. Some of the overwhelming evidence of Oswald's innocence we talked about back in episode 5. Was Lee Oswald on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository when the shots were fired at the president? The evidence suggests that Oswald was not near the sixth floor when the shooting occurred. He was seen just seconds before the shooting on the first or second floors, and then seen again in that same spot 90 seconds after the shooting by Officer Marion Baker. But in this episode, we're going to go along with the Warren Commission and say that Oswald was in the sixth floor, when nothing I have seen, heard, or researched tells me he was. But just for this episode, we are going to say that he was. So if he was there in the sixth floor southeast corner window, was he capable of doing the shooting? We're going to look at that in today's episode of The End of Innocence. The case against Lee Harvey Oswald as the lone assassin of President Kennedy required that Oswald be able to perform a feat of marksmanship that was far from straightforward. Although the distance from Oswald's supposed location to Kennedy's car was never more than about 90 yards from the shooting, several factors increased the difficulty of the act. One, the presidential limousine was moving away from the gunman's location. Two, the car was obscured for some of the time by an oak tree. Three, all the shots had to have been fired within a very short space of time. Lastly, and most importantly, the only rifle that could have been used was awkward and unpredictable. Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. This is Justin from Dallas. Homicide Chief Captain Will Fritz said today the assassination case against Lee Harvey Oswald is cinched. He said flatly, this is the man that killed President Kennedy. 24-year-old Lee Harvey Oswald. Come on, President. No, they're taking me in because of the fact that I'm in the facility. I'm just a passenger. Lee Oswald has been shot. There's a man with a gun. Welcome to the End of Innocence. I'm your host, John Young. The Warren Report says that Oswald fired three shots in 4.8 to in excess of 5.6 seconds. The timing of these shots was based on the Zapruder film and the study from that. 
The commission conducted tests using three master riflemen for the purpose of, quote, determining the possibility of scoring hits with this weapon on a given target at a given distance under rapid fire conditions, end quote. The commission did these tests because they wanted to make sure that it was possible for Oswald to have pulled off the feat with which he was credited for and they were accusing him of. For the benefits of the Warren Commission, the three expert riflemen from the U.S. Army and the FBI attempted to duplicate the assassin's task using the rifle that had been discovered on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. Even after fixing some of the gun's mechanical problems, and despite firing at stationary targets from an easier vantage point, they failed to achieve the combination of accuracy and speed demanded of the lone gunman. Two hits out of three, within about six seconds. The three master riflemen who did the shooting during the firing test were all world-class experts and marksmen. Oswald was not. The riflemen each fired two series of three rapid-fire shots, a total of six tests. But the circumstances of the test conducted by the experts didn't exactly mirror what Oswald supposedly did. The stopper's nest is 60 feet up on the sixth floor, so the shooter would be firing down at a limousine that was moving away from him. In the master rifleman test, the shots were fired from a height of 30 feet up off the ground and at steel targets, as opposed to targets moving away from them 60 feet up. During the test, the shooter's first shot started the clock to time the shots, which allowed the rifleman to take as much time as they wanted on that first shot, a luxury that the assassin didn't have. The rifleman's goal was to hit three targets of a person's upper body. Since the rifle tests were conducted on March 27, 1964, before the Warren Commission finalized a single bullet theory, the definition of success at the time was hitting three specific targets, one for Kennedy's back, one for Connolly's wounds, and one for Kennedy's head. So what were the results of the test? Did three of the best riflemen in the world succeed at doing what the Warren Report says Oswald did? Surely if Oswald, who we will find out shortly was a poor-to-average shot at best, could do it, these master riflemen could easily make the shots. Well, no, not really. Of the three master riflemen, they all hit two out of three shots in each of their two tries, except for Rifleman Staley, who hit all three shots once and hit two out of three the other time. So, the three master riflemen did not achieve their goal of hitting all three shots, but if the single bullet theory is true and only two shots had hit the limo, the riflemen did hit two out of three. Still, the tests tend to show that the shots attributed to Oswald couldn't have been that easy if five of the six shooting tests by some of the best shooters in the world failed to hit all the targets in the given time period. In 1967, more rifle tests were done to see if expert shooters could duplicate the feat that the Warren Commission claims Lee Harvey Oswald did that awful day in Dallas. This just happened to be following the publication of the earliest books refuting the Warren Commission case against Oswald. CBS would broadcast a four-part series attempting to revive the lone gunman theory because it was losing steam with the American public. Like the Warren Commission, CBS employed professional shooters to try to duplicate Oswald's alleged feat. CBS experts used better quality rifles in more favorable circumstances. They too failed to do what Oswald was supposed to have done. The narrator of the series, Walter Cronkite, discarded the inconvenient evidence just as the Warren Commission had done some three years earlier. In other words, although all the evidence indicates that Oswald could not have done what expert marksmans were unable to do, we will ignore this and conclude that he did it anyway. Or glaring omissions in the test fired for the commission. CBS News decided to conduct its own tests with the Mandelker Carcano. A moving target is harder to hit than a stationary one, and the elevation of the sixth floor window might make a difference. The only elevation for the Warren Commission firing tests 
was a 30-foot tower, less than half the height of the book depository's sixth floor above Elm Street. So CBS News had a tower and target track constructed to match exactly the heights and distances in Dealey Plaza. The target track was angled to match precisely the angle of Elm Street. The target, a standard FBI silhouette, moved by electric motor at 11 miles an hour, approximately the speed of the presidential limousine. A rifle of the same make and age as Oswald's was fitted with the same four-power telescopic sight found on his rifle. Eleven volunteer marksmen took turns, firing clips of three bullets each at the moving target. None of the men had much familiarity with the Italian manicure Carcano, although each was given time to practice at a nearby indoor range, and most of the volunteers were experienced with bolt-action rifles. In each case, the first shot was fired at a point approximating the point at which the Warren Commission deduced the first shot was fired. Distance, about 175 feet. In six seconds, the distance grows to 270 feet. Results varied. A Maryland state trooper made two hits in the silhouette. One near miss in slightly less than five seconds. Another state trooper's best time was 5.4 seconds. One hit, two near misses. A weapons engineer had the best score. Three hits in 5.2 seconds. The bottom line of the rifle test is that Oswald would have to be a very good shot if in fact he did it. But what kind of rifleman was Oswald? Was Oswald a good shooter? Before we get into Oswald's marksmanship and ability as a shooter, let's look closer at the accuracy of the Carcano weapon that the Warren Commission claims Oswald allegedly used to assassinate President Kennedy. Could that rifle have pulled off the shots as accurately and rapidly as the Warren report says? Warren Report critics note that in World War II, Italian soldiers called the Carcano weapon the humanitarian rifle because they couldn't hit anyone with it. Warren Commission Army sniper expert Ronald Simmons, who testified regarding the results of the master rifleman, said that the shooter must have had great proficiency with the weapon because, quote, the pressure to open the bolt was so great that we tended to move the rifle off target, end quote. The Warren Commission said Oswald had the scope installed on the rifle at Irving Sports Shop. The owner of Irving Sports Shop, Charles Green, supported the findings of the Warren Commission that the scope on the rifle had serious issues. Green said, quote, With this frail mount, the possibility of it being real accurate would be pretty small, I think. End quote. Green's employee, Dahl Ryder, told the Warren Commission, quote, The scope would be easily knocked out of adjustment and would be easily jarred on a high-powered rifle, making it inaccurate. End quote. Even the Warren Report acknowledges that a defect in the scope on the rifle caused the shots fired by all three master riflemen to land, quote, a few inches high and to the right of the target, end quote. But the Warren Report concludes that the scope mounting defect would actually have assisted Oswald in shooting at the limo because it would help him lead the moving target. Just like the Warren Commission did everything else in this case, they made it fit into the narrative or their official story.
Lee Oswald served in the Marines several years before the JFK assassination and had been trained and tested in rifle shooting. The Warren Commission needed to show that he was a better marksman than the experts from the U.S. Army and the FBI. In the late 1950s, U.S. Marines were categorized at three levels of shooting ability, according to the scores they achieved at a standardized test of their accuracy. To be an expert, you had to score between 220 to 250. To be a sharpshooter, your score had to be between 210 and 219. And to just be an average marksman, your score had to be 190 to 209. According to his Marine scorecard, Oswald was tested twice. In December 1956, after a very intense three weeks training period, Oswald scored 212, two marks above the minimum for a sharpshooter. But in May 1959, he scored 191, which is only one mark above the minimum for a marksman and only one point higher than the bottom of the scale. Lieutenant Colonel Allison Folsom testified to the Warren Commission to interpret Oswald's Marine records. He said that Oswald's score of 191 was, quote, low marksmanship rating and showed that he was a rather poor shot, end quote. So Oswald's Marine Corps rifle accuracy tests demonstrate that he was towards the lower end of the scale, though he did pass the test both times. But what did Oswald's fellow Marines think of him as a shooter? Nelson Delgado met Oswald in the Marines around Christmas of 1958. He considers himself to have been one of Oswald's closest friends in the Marines. Delgado said that at the range, Oswald would hit 2 out of 10 usually. Sometimes Oswald would miss completely, which is called Maggie's Drawers, and it is noted by a red flag in that shooter's lane. Delgado described Oswald's shooting skills in more detail when he talked to Mark Lane back in 1967. This is an interview with Sergeant Nelson Delgado, who served in the Marine Corps with Lee Harvey Oswald. Sergeant Delgado appeared as a witness before the Warren Commission. Sergeant, prior to your Warren Commission testimony, were you interviewed by agents of the FBI? Yes, they came to my home in South Jersey to interview me. First two visits, they came just to get my story, what I knew about Oswald, how close we were, and things like that. After that, then they started, the questions were tending to break my story down. Sergeant, where are you now stationed? Down in one of the missile sites in uh, South Jersey. have been there since prior to the assassination of Kennedy. I've been here now for three years, and this month, the 20th to be exact, I'm leaving for uh, Vietnam. When did you first meet Oswald? Uh, just prior to the Christmas of 1958, <clears throat> the uh, Oswald reported into our unit. Oswald and I got along very good together. We were... Like I said, working the same jobs. Involving aircrafts and radar, we uh, controlled them from the ground and uh, ran intercepts. We were about uh, 40 enlisted men that really participated in this job. All of us knew Lee and he knew all of us. We got along fine. Uh, we had uh, discussions. Was Oswald interested in guns? They say he was a gun enthusiast, but uh, I recall many instances where we stood inspections, and he was constantly being gigged uh, for having a dirty weapon and then taking improper care of his weapon. He was always reminded when he had to clean the weapon. Never took it upon himself to do so. Do you have personal knowledge of Oswald's ability with a rifle? At the range, he didn't. He, he couldn't prove by me that he was a good shot. As any person who's ever served in the armed forces could tell you, there's a part in the qualification that calls for rapid firing. This is done with 10 shots. 
eight in a clip and two that you load by hand. They give you maybe 30 or 45 seconds to be exact to fire these 10 rounds. Well, when you fire these, then you stand away from your from your firing position until everyone has finished firing. Then the targets are brought down and scored. The targets are run back up and they're dissed for the number that you have hit. Fives, fours, threes, or misses. Well, in Oswald's particular case, it was quite funny to, to look at because he would get a couple of discs. Maybe out of the possible ten, he'll get two or three Maggie's drawers. Now, these are a red flag that's on a long pole. And this is running from left to right on the target itself. And you don't see this on a firing line too often, not the marine firing line. And it's, we, you, could, you can't help but notice it when you're seeing discs around some of the uh, things coming up and down. And farther on down the line, you see a flag waving. Well, that was going to catch your eye anyway. And we thought it was funny that Oswald was getting these magazine drawers so rapidly, one after the other. And this is why I can't say, uh, think that he could be a, a good shot, because a good shot doesn't pull this. He'll pull a three, but he won't pull a Maggie's drawer. It's a complete miss. How did the FBI react to your statement that Oswald was a poor shot? They tried to disprove this. They did not like the idea when I came up with uh, the statement that Oswald, as far as I knew, Oswald was, was a very poor shot. Do you feel that the agents of the FBI actually tried to get you to change your statement that Oswald was a poor shot? Yes, sir, I definitely do. Sherman Cooley also met Oswald in the military. Cooley said, quote, If I had to pick one man in the whole United States to shoot me, I'd pick Lee Harvey Oswald. I saw the man shoot. There is no way he could have ever learned to shoot well enough to do what they accused him of doing in Dallas, end quote. Another military cohort of Oswald was James Persons. Persons said Oswald had below average coordination, which he thought was a major factor in Oswald's very poor marksmanship. So it's safe to say that at least some of Oswald's military peers had doubts about his ability to pull off the assassination. During his test in the Marines, Oswald had used presumably a good to excellent rifle. The Mimical Carcano rifle that was discovered on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository, however, was a cheap old weapon. It was examined by the FBI's firearm specialist who stated that, quote, every time we change the adjusting screws to move the crosshairs in the telescopic sight in one direction, it also affected the movement of the impact or the point of impact in the other direction. We fired several shots and found that the shots were not all landing in the same place, but were gradually moving away from the point of impact, end quote. Ronald Simmons of the U.S. Army also examined the rifle and found problems with the bolt and trigger mechanism. There were several comments made, particularly with respect to the amount of effort required to open the bolt. There was also comments made about the trigger pull. Simmons stated, quote, In the first stage, the trigger is relatively free, and it suddenly required a greater pull to actively fire the weapon. The pressure to open the bolt was so great that we tended to move the rifle off target, end quote. Another relevant question on the topic of whether Oswald could have pulled off the three shots is to look at whether Oswald had any rifle practice before the assassination. If Oswald had been regularly going to the shooting range, that really increases the probability that he could have made those shots. 
On the other hand, if the evidence points to no range visits, it's less likely that Oswald could have done it. The Warren report says, quote, several witnesses believe that in the weeks preceding the assassination, they observed a man resembling Oswald practicing with a rifle in the fields and wooded areas surrounding Dallas and at rifle ranges in that area. In most instances, the investigation has disclosed that there is no substantial basis for believing that the person reported by the various witnesses was Oswald, end quote. So according to the Warren Report, there were witnesses who say they saw Oswald at a shooting range, but the commission did not believe them. In this very rare interview, Virginia and Floyd Davis, who were the owners of Sports Drone Rifle Ranging in Irving, speak about a man who claims he was Lee Harvey Oswald at the shooting range leading up to the assassination. But you have to ask yourself, was this truly Lee Harvey Oswald or the Oswald double that was seen all over Dallas in the weeks leading up to the assassination? Has Oswald been out here? Or? Uh, well, now, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see him. I don't know if he was or not, really. I don't. I didn't see him myself. Uh-huh. However, it was rumored that he was Yes, out here. uh-huh. Several people said that they had seen him. Uh-huh. How many times? About uh, three times. Uh-huh. And what did he do when he was out here? Uh, sight, sighting uh, his gun in. Uh-huh. And firing? With and firing. Uh-huh. Now, are these shells here uh, similar to the ones that uh, Oswald... These right here are the ones he was supposedly... This is the type right here. Uh-huh. Now, uh, how, about how many witnesses told you and your husband that... Uh, that um, been asked? There was several, but... Uh, the, um, the ones that swore that he was here was four. And were they customers of yours? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Sir. Okay. And uh, now, now, where did he uh, operate from? Uh, the eighth number eight got his tar- his gun here. Was handing it across this fence, and it was wrapped. He did not bring it through the office where I was. And is that a violation of the rules? Or? Well, no, it isn't, but they usually do come through the office. That's, I didn't see the man because uh, uh, the witness said that the gun was handed across the fence and that it was wrapped and tied with string. Uh-huh. Well, this number eight target is the target that Oswald was supposedly a shot at. Uh, do you have any information on how good he did? No, sir, I sure don't. Uh, How far is it from here to uh, where they fire? It's 100 yards. There were other witnesses who claimed they saw Lee Harvey Oswald or a man that looked exactly like Lee Harvey Oswald at the shooting range in the weeks leading up to the assassination. Let's examine what those witnesses had to say. First, there's 13-year-old Sterling Wood, who was with his father, Dr. Homer Wood, at the Sports Drome shooting range when they saw a man they claimed was Oswald. On November 16, 1963, the Saturday before the assassination, Dr. Wood said his son was shooting next to a man with an unusual rifle that shot a, quote, ball of fire. Dr. Wood then told his son jokingly, referencing the gun shooting the balls of fire used by the man next to him, watch out for the 105 Houser. And his son, Sterling, said, don't worry, it's only an Italian carbine. Most of this man's shots were inside the target. When Dr. Wood saw Oswald on TV after the assassination, he immediately told his wife that Oswald looked like the man who was shooting next to their son at the range. Dr. Wood decided to not mention this to his son and see if his son would bring it up to him. Thirty minutes later, Sterling said, quote, Daddy, is that the fellow that was sitting next to me out on the rifle range? End quote. 
Sterling Wood and his father, Dr. Homer Wood, both testified before the Warren Commission. During that testimony, Sterling added that he, quote, asked the man if his rifle was a 6.5 Italian carbine with a four-power scope, end quote, and the man replied yes. Sterling also told the commission that the man left the rifle range with another man in a newer model car. The boy identified a photo of Oswald and said that was the same man he saw. Sterling also was shown a photo of the rifle and confirmed that it was the same rifle, but Sterling said the sight was different than the one he remembered seeing. One strange fact about this encounter with a supposed Oswald is that the FBI collected 23 pounds of shells from the sports drone range right after the assassination to see if they could find any Carcano ammo. They did not find one single Carcano shell. So a boy and his father testified that they saw Oswald shooting at a rifle range with a Carcano the weekend before the assassination of President Kennedy. One would think that this would be a compelling piece of evidence to use against Oswald because it would establish that one, he possessed a Carcano rifle, and two, he was an excellent shot with it, and three, he practiced shooting at a rifle range only six days before the assassination. So why does the Warren report conclude that Oswald was not seen practicing with his rifle and that the Woods and others must have seen someone else? There are two primary reasons why the commission rejected all testimony regarding Oswald at shooting ranges. First, Oswald didn't have a car, so he would have had to get a ride to the shooting range or take a bus. There's no evidence that he was on a bus with a rifle. But there is testimony that he departed in a car from Sterling Wood. If Oswald left in a car, then who was the person who drove him? That question no longer needs to be explored if the commission determines that the man Sterling and Dr. Wood saw was not Oswald. Could this have been the Oswald look-alike that was being seen all around Dallas in the weeks leading up to the assassination? The second reason the commission rejected the notion that Oswald was seen at shooting ranges has to do with timing. The days when Oswald was supposedly seen around Dallas at shooting ranges conflicts with the Warren Report's timeline for what Oswald was supposed to have been doing. For example, there are some witnesses who say they saw Oswald at times when it is known that Oswald was in Irving with Ruth Payne, Marina, and his children. And one of the Oswald sightings occurred when Oswald was at work at the Texas School Book Depository, verified by his co-workers and his time card. So does Marina Oswald have anything to add about Lee and his rifle? In several interviews with the FBI and the Secret Service in December 1963, Marina Oswald was adamant that her husband had not practiced with the rifle since his return to the United States. Marina said that she had never seen Oswald practice with his rifle or any other firearm and he had never told her that he was going to practice. She cannot recall that Oswald ever practiced firing the rifle either in New Orleans or in Dallas. She does not think that he did practice in New Orleans because, as a rule, he stayed home when he was not working. When he did go out, she did not see him take a rifle. The reporting agent interviewed Maureen Oswald as to whether she knew of any place or of a rifle range where her husband could do some practicing with a rifle and whether she ever saw her husband taking the rifle out of the house. She said that she had never saw Lee going out or coming in to the house with a rifle and that he never mentioned to her doing any practice with a rifle. Marina Oswald was asked if she ever saw her husband doing any dry practice with the rifle, either in the apartment or any place else, and she replied she had not. For some strange reason, though, two months later, Marina Oswald's memory had improved, and she told the Warren Commission a different story about her husband's rifle usage. Marina advised that Oswald had told her after the General Walker incident that he had practiced with his rifle in a field near Dallas. 
She said further that in the beginning of January 1963 at the Neely Street address, he on one occasion was cleaning his rifle and said he had been practicing that day. She said that on an evening in March 1963, Oswald left the house at about 6 p.m. Oswald had his rifle wrapped in a raincoat. When Oswald returned about 9 p.m., he told her he had practiced with the rifle. Unfortunately, the rifle which Marina Oswald apparently watched her husband clean early in January 63 did not come into his possession until more than two months later, toward the end of March. When she became aware of this discrepancy, she changed her story again. She advised she had been mistaken on February 17, 1964, when she said she had recalled Oswald cleaning his rifle at Neely Street, at which time he made the statement that he had been practicing. On the other occasions of his cleaning the rifle, he did not say he had been practicing. The Warren Commission was aware that many of Marina Oswald's statements were contradictory and unreliable, and that she was under pressure to tell the authorities what they wanted to hear. According to an internal Warren Commission document, which became public 15 years after it was written, quote, Marina Oswald has repeatedly lied to the Secret Service, the FBI, and this commission on matters which are vital concern to the people of this country and the world, end quote. Nevertheless, the Warren Report quite honestly used only Marina Oswald's later incriminating testimony, some of which she herself had reputed and ignored her earlier evidence. Marina Oswald testified in New Orleans in May 1963. She observed Oswald sitting with the rifle on the screen porch at night, siding with the telescopic lens and operating the boat. When I spoke to Marina at her home back in August of 1997, she told me an altogether different story about Oswald and whether he practiced with the rifle before the assassination. Marina Oswald is an enigma, and her testimony in this case is all over the place. Conspiracy theorists say that the blatant discrepancy between the rifle cleaning date of January and the rifle possession date of March shows that Marina could not have been telling the truth. So it's convenient that Marina happened to remember that it was really in April that she saw Oswald clean the rifle, not in January, when she was asked the same question again by the commission the next day. Of course, Warren Report defenders point to Marina Oswald's testimony as proof that Oswald did, in fact, clean the rifle and have possession of it in April. Still, there are no other facts in the record that point to Oswald having rifle practice. Just the one instance in April 1964, which is supposedly only by testimony from Marina Oswald. So another question would be, did Oswald need to practice with the rifle? Sergeant James Zom, an expert shooter, considered that a rifle with a telescopic sight, such as the Mamako Carcano, needed to be sighted in by firing the rifle about 10 times without ammunition shortly before firing it with live ammunition. Ronald Simmons also pointed out the necessity of recent practice. He states, quote, With this rifle that was discovered on the sixth floor, you would need considerably experience with the weapon because of the amount of effort required to work that bolt, end quote. So do we know for a fact the last time Oswald used a rifle? The last occasion on which Oswald was tested in the Marines was in May 1959, four and a half years before the assassination. In addition to Marine duty, Oswald is known to have fired a weapon on other occasions. One time, Lee and his brother Robert went on several hunting trips before his defection to the Soviet Union in 1959. Another time in Russia, Oswald joined a hunting club and used a shotgun but not a rifle. 
There were a half dozen shooting expeditions which appear to have been largely social occasions, an excuse for Oswald to get into the countryside. So in summary, was Oswald good enough shot to shoot the president that day from the Texas School Book Depository? That's the big question. The Mamaco Carcano found on the sixth floor of the depository was in unsatisfactory condition with an inaccurate telescopic sight and an unpredictable trigger mechanism. To fire the rifle accurately, it was necessary to practice with it. There is no credible evidence that Lee Harvey Oswald had fired a rifle of any sort for several years before the JFK assassination. Even after correcting some of the sixth floor rifle's mechanical problems, and in conditions much easier than those that would have been faced by a hypothetical long gunman, expert riflemen from the Army and FBI were unable to fire the rifle as accurately as Oswald was supposed to have done during the assassination. Even at his best, Oswald had never been as good a shot as the experts from the Army and the FBI. Oswald's most recent test score in the Marines was barely above the minimal qualifying level. He was officially a very poor shot. So here's the million dollar question. Was Oswald the lone gunman? Lee Harvey Oswald was almost certainly not a good enough marksman to fire three shots within six seconds at a moving target, scoring two hits out of three with a rifle that was inaccurate and unreliable. If President Kennedy was killed by a lone gunman, that gunman could not have been Oswald. The ineffectiveness of Oswald's marksmanship, when combined with other evidence, in particular the severe impossibility of the single bullet theory, demonstrates that the assassination was the work of more than one gunman. The last thing we're going to look at today is the timing of the shots. According to the Warren Report, quote, a substantial majority of the witnesses stated that the shots were not evenly spaced. Most witnesses recalled that the second and third shots were bunched together, although some believed that it was the first and second which were bunched, end quote. The significance of whether the shots were bunched together is that if they were, then it is less likely that one person could have fired the shots. The Carcano rifle was bolt action, not automatic. So Oswald or any other assassin would have had to at least pull the bolt back on the rifle and aim before his next shot. It sounds like there is strong evidence that the shots were bunched together. But exactly how close in time were they? The closer together the shots were, the more likely that there was another shooter who fired one of those shots. Other than saying it was a substantial majority of the witnesses, the Warren report doesn't address exactly how many people heard shots bunched close together. According to researchers who have compiled witness statements, there were 44 witnesses who claimed that there was a gap between the first shot and the second shot, and that the second and third shots were very close together. Here's what some of the witnesses had to say. Many of the witnesses said they heard a boom, boom, boom. Photographer Robert Jackson said, quote, I would say to me it seemed like three or four seconds between the first and second shots, and between the second and third, well, I guess two seconds. They were very close together. There could have been more time between the first and second. I really can't be sure, end quote. Dallas Mayor Earl Cabell, who was three cars back in the motorcade, said, quote, There was a longer pause between the first and second shots than there was between the second and third shots. They were in rapid succession, end quote. 
Lady Bird Johnson, who was Lyndon Johnson's wife, who was riding with the vice president in a car behind the presidential limo, said, quote, We were rounding a curve going down a hill, and suddenly there was a sharp, loud report, a shot. It seemed to me to come from the right above my shoulder from a building. Then a moment, and then two more shots in rapid succession, end quote. Luke Booney, the sheriff deputy who was one of the first on the scene at the school book depository, said, quote, The second and third shot was pretty close together, but there was a short lapse between the first and second shot. Deputy Sheriff Roger Craig said there was no more than two seconds between the second and third shots, and Senator Ralph Yarborough, who was also riding in the motorcade that day, said in a sworn affidavit that he believed there was about 1.5 seconds between the second and third shots. There are dozens more witnesses who echo the same testimony, that the second and third shots were in close succession, as opposed to the timing between the first and second shot. The challenge is that we don't know exactly how long the time was between the second and third shot. The Warren Report defenders claim that even if the second and third shots were bunched together, Oswald still could have gotten the shots off, which is not true. For each shot, Oswald or any assassin would have had to push the gun's boat handle, pull the boat backwards to eject the spent cartridge case, and then forward to slide the next round into the chamber before turning down the boat handle to lock it in place. That takes a minimum of 2.3 seconds to do. The Zapruder film establishes three shots in 5.6 seconds. So you tell me how Oswald made those shots from a broken down Italian rifle. It's impossible. Bruder film establishes three shots in 5.6 seconds. Here. I'm Oswald. Time me. Go. Time? Between six and seven seconds. And that's without really aiming. Key is the second and third shots came almost right on top of each other. It takes a minimum. 2.3 seconds to recycle this thing. The other problem is there was a tree there blocking the first two shots the time they occurred as a Bruder film. Didn't J. Edgar Hoover say something about that? Leaves are falling off in November. It was a Texas live oak, Chief. It sheds its leaves the first week of March. So you take this Carcano, world's worst shoulder weapon, and you try to hit a moving target at 88 yards through heavy foliage? No way. Yeah. FBI tried two sets of tests. Not one of their sharpshooters could match Oswald's performance. Not one. And Oswald was at best a medium shot. The scope was defective on it, too. I mean, this is the whole essence of the case to me. The guy couldn't do the shooting. Nobody could. And they sold this lemon to the American public. The film is the proof that didn't count on, Lou. We gotta get our hands on it. That means we have to subpoena time live. Let me ask you something, Lou. Why not just shoot Kennedy coming up Houston? There's plenty of time. He's out in the open. I know, I keep asking myself the same thing. It's a frontal shot. Even if you miss him for the first shot, if he accelerates, you still got him for the second shot. No, the only reason for waiting to get him on Elm you got him in a triangulated crossfire. You put a team there on that defense for a frontal shot, flat, low trajectory. Put a third team down here in this building here on a low floor. Kennedy gets the kill zone there. It's a turkey shoot. I'm 
money men. Okay. Not one shooter, that one spot on a radio, maybe three teams. I'd say these professional riflemen too, Chief. They're serious people. Hunters. Patient. Take skill to kill with a rifle, Chief. You gotta figure that's why there's been no execution of a chief executive with one in 200 years. 